gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. All right, welcome everybody to the Birds Sports Performance Podcast, episode 31, with Chris Corfus of the Slow Guy Speed School, world renowned speed coach. Been trying to get a hold of him for a long time, but I, the night has finally come. So, how you doing today, Chris? I'm good. How are you? Good, my friend. How's the, the weather's up there? Pretty cold and rainy up there? Yeah, it's been crap. It's supposed <laughs> to be spring break, but the first three days were 20. We had a low of nine, I think, one day. And now it's raining. It's 45 and raining. So it's not much of a spring break. It makes That's what makes it incredible that you're putting out these these fast sprinters in that in that climate, which is insane. That's a one that, you know. That's I want to get a hold of you so badly, you know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Weather is never on my side until like, I don't know. August it's pretty nice. <laughs> July and August is pretty nice. September is awesome, and then it kind of goes to crap again. So it's very, very the sea. The the, the one weather is very short lived up there. Yeah. So like this morning we had, I got my NFL group, and it was too cold and rainy. So I probably shouldn't say this. Yeah. But we snuck in at the high school that I teach at, which has a 160-meter indoor track. And we went in it really early before anyone got there. I would have done the same thing. And, and worked out and then left like a ghost came through. Nobody even <laughs> knew we were there. Oh, let's, let's go on that real quick. How, you, so you, you have any um, – how many NFL guys you work with? Uh, four. I got four. I know the main one is the the Bears running back. What's his name again? Yeah. I have him and Darnell Mooney. Darnell wasn't here today, though. Okay. And then I got two guys that uh, kind of hang with Dave, and they they were with the Bears, and they're bouncing around right now. Gotcha. Uh, but that's my main group. Um, sometimes I have people come through, but they've been my diehards for three years. Oh, wow. Um, which is great. And you know, you learn a lot about that. Like it, it gets, it's very in the NFL. It seems to me it's very clicky. Uh, they like to have their guy. Um, and it's, that, that's kind of how it is. It's yeah. <laughs> and, and plus you have to, you know, if you want to come here, you've got to come to some weird guy's house, <laughs> you know, it's in the basement in the driveway. And most people, you know, they don't want to deal with that, but you know, I, caught on with them at a young time in their career and they saw really good results and yeah. you know they're willing to put up with the dogs and the basement and the, the street and we, we've all actually become to really like the street and uh in the driveway this morning we were in the field house and it, it just didn't feel right and we're like yeah we like it a lot better out in the street in the driveway um it's, it's like which is kind of funny because you know People walk by and they don't realize that, hey, that's Dave Montgomery, the Bears running back. He's one of the top running backs in the NFL. It's just, you know, just the way it is. It's, you know, because I have so many people come through that we're out on the street running or in the driveway running. And people are just like, yeah, it's just kind of what happens here. <laughs> so you drive down your street and say, hey, there's a Bears running back working out in the street. Yeah, nobody's figured that out. Even after last year when I got all the media and I was on the news channels and all that, uh, some people, you know, it's like no big deal. This is great, you know. <laughs> I think they like that. You know, I got, like that, that I, way. My my neighborhood kids, they've got Dave's jersey on, 
I've seen him with Dave's jersey on, and there's Dave in the street, and they don't they don't put two and two together. Like, why would Dave Montgomery be on my street? <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that's that's cool that you have. They trust you so much, and you're brilliant that they, these these NFL guys train up north, and it, and, and and it's refreshing that they, they that it happens. Yeah, they uh, they brave the weather, and you know that's. That's the way it is, you know. Most guys go south, which is smart. Yeah. Um, that's where I would go because you can run year-round. And, and the heat. Yeah, and the heat and the nice weather, and they kind of stick around, and they're in the basement, you know, hanging out in the house, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> How did you get started off in this journey of speed? And, well, like, where like, where high school did you go to and where college experience? Uh, I went to Larkin High School in Elgin. Okay. Um, and I played football at Northern Illinois University. Go Huskies. <laughs> uh, but even in high school, I was always, God, I've told the story a thousand times. I think I was in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. My dad sent me down to the University of Illinois football camp, and they had a, okay. and I was a wide receiver, and I had a, their strength coach. This is back when strength coaches were barely a thing. And he said, if you want to run a 4440, you have to squat 500 pounds. Huh. And so I thought, well, that's what I got to do. And, uh, you know, I had a little Sears weight room in my basement and in eighth grade, found a way to put the bar on my back and was squatting. And, you know, my football coaches in high school did their best to guide me. But I always kind of thought, well, we're really not going anywhere. And uh, my track coach, I only ran track one year my freshman year. Really? Uh, we only had one track coach in our school and he was a distance runner. So he kind of made everyone a distance guy. <laughs> and, uh, that's common. You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think that was right for me. Um, so I kind of bought like, got the speed city catalog and bought stuff and you know, there's no internet, there's no, there's no journals. There's no, none of that stuff in the eighties. It was, you know, you find a guru in your town, which there weren't any. Yeah. And uh, you kind of got to make it on your own. And even when I was in college, you know, I had a great strength coach and he did what he was supposed to do. But uh, it was still kind of the same thing. It's like, well, you got to clean and squat to run fast. And it's like, well, this isn't really working for me. It's, you know, I've <laughs> kind of been at the same for a while. And uh, so, so you so your, your speed plateau a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think everyone gets a little slower when they go to college. Uh, you know, you gain weight. You, yeah. You, all those things happen. I see it a lot. Um, and then I GA'd there, and we kind of did the same thing. And Okay. Uh, when I finally got into coaching high school, you know, the, my third year there, the head football coach and AD said, yeah, you're the new sprint coach. Um, on the football, on the track team, and I was a varsity football coach. And so, all right, here we go. And, uh, and I didn't like sucking. So, you know, I, <laughs> again, there's no internet. There's none of that. Is what is it? What, what years is, is this like 90s? Yeah, 92. Okay. I'm almost retiring. I'm, I'm close I, to retiring. I did yeah. you see that you had like a, your last, uh, yeah, I got a couple of years left last observer i want to say right yeah i've got a uh, class of 25 i got three years after this get out <laughs> yeah i'm old i'm an old guy <laughs> so the nine so, so the 90s started coaching track 
Yeah. In 90, 94, 93, 94. What high school was that? At Hinsdale Central. Okay. And then I was there for 10 years, 11 years. I still teach there. Okay. And there was some some changes that happened that I wasn't uh, I wasn't on the good side of the changes. And I went to York High School uh, where we really started. Uh, I mean, we did great at Hinsdale Central. I was getting a bunch of kids uh, in the finals, Wait, in four by one, four are, by two. Are you, are these high schools blessed with talent? Is it like these, these super fast twitchy kids or no, these are middle class to, to upper class kids that are really good at tennis and golf. Okay. And, and people, you know, I kind of got a name because I had people in the finals in the four by one and four by two that had no business being in there. Gotcha. Like, like, where did they come from? How did this happen? How long did how long, long here. how long did it take them to get to develop? A couple with a couple of years to get them get that and that and that state final level. Yeah, I think my third year I had a kid in the hundred and a kid in the four hundred. Wow. And after that, I started getting uh, kids in the four by one and four by two every year. Okay. Um, and since that time, there are only two years where I didn't get someone in the finals in the four by one, four by two. Every year since then, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of years. It's <laughs> a lot of years. So that's, what, what year is it now? 22? Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's two years. I had two bad years. And you said you went down to see Westside and you, you tried it. Oh, I've, I've been to Westside a couple times. Talk you know, to I, and stuff. Dan Fichter and I, uh, we became, you know, a bromance on a message board back in the day late nineties, early nineties or late nineties. And we just started traveling all over trying to, trying to and do- this is back when, you know, there weren't really emails and it wasn't, there were no websites and you actually had to go show up at someone's door to, to ask them questions and, you know, try to find a way to learn. Okay. Um, you know, Louis Simmons was great, um, directing me in places. And, you know, I don't think anyone, you know, with his passing, I don't think anyone understands how many people he was honest with and gave everything that he had to every person that came into his door. Yeah. hundred percent. me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that will never be forgotten. Um, and his name will be spoken forever. I mean, for yeah. generations, Yeah. uh, which is you know, a detriment to a guy who was training. Well, when I went and saw him, he was training in an old, an old pizza place. Uh, it was a strip mall on Demoris Avenue, and it was—I uh, think it used to be a pizza place or something like that yeah. on the corner there. That must have been and, way back. Uh, that was like nineties. Nineties, yeah. Nineties before. That's before bands before and chains, everyone. I think. No, bands and chains were there. They were okay. just starting. Okay. Um, but reverse hypers and, and all that. And I, and I, and I really hope people who never got to meet him or just know him as a t-shirt guy understand how generous he was. And I think everyone who went to visit him understands his generosity and his honesty and tries to replicate that in their career. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Did you know? Yeah. I, I so you, so, so you went down there. You had, you, I think you actually adopted some of this stuff, right? You had some hypers and stuff and chains and stuff. Initially. Oh, I had, I had everything. I had a belt squat. I had reverse hypers. I had glued hams. I had chains, bands, belts. 
everything he sold I had. Wow. And eventually he said to me, you know, you know, I'm a power lifter and we do power lifting here. Maybe you need to go talk to these people who know more about sprinting than I do. Gotcha. And again, gotcha. there's his honesty that, you know, he says, I'm a powerlifting coach and, you know, and his doors are open. I mean, I can't tell you how many breakfasts I had with him. I drove around with his car. I knew his dogs and his dogs didn't like anyone wow. like me. Um, you know, but he was like that with everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. Savior, so what did you roll down to his dogs? It is in a truck and everything. <laughs> and it's and it's not like he wanted to be your friend. It's just he wanted to give you what he had. Right. He wanted to share. And I think in this day and age, it's so different now than it was back then, where you know everyone's social media and all that is completely wrecked. Um, exactly. Now, did you? Know, you, now, I, did you um... Did you now you and Victor kind of were on this quest? Who did you go to next? To kind oh, of, or you just went a lot across the country, it seemed like. Yeah, all over. <laughs> How did you, you two know, meet? Now, How did you two meet? Come across each other. This was on a message board, and okay. God, it was a super training message board. Okay. Um, and we just started agreeing on stuff, and I think one time I said, "What's your he?" He asked me or I asked him one of the ways. I said, you know, what's your phone number? Maybe we can talk. And we talked. And then one day I got in my car and I drove to Rochester, New York in the middle of the wintertime on a some kind of break. Huh. And I actually went up there and I met him. Wow. Okay. You know, how, and, what is it, in the 90s still? Yeah. And, wow. uh, you know, he lets me into his home and, you know, we get up early in the morning, 5 a.m. I'll never forget the... First day I'm there, I'm staying at his house, and uh, he cooks me breakfast. He makes <laughs> shrimp, shrimp and eggs. And I said, Dan, I'm, I'm allergic to shrimp. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. I was just trying to, you know, make you feel welcome. And this is the best breakfast I know. And <laughs> wow. so I just ate the eggs, and he ate my shrimp. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. But Dan's another guy like that that, you call him, he'll give you everything he knows. Yeah. He'll talk to you forever. Wow. He's a football, isn't he a football coach or something like that? He's a football coach, track coach. And he owns a facility owns, or something? Owns a facility. Um, yeah. What's the name of his facility up there? Want to get fast. Okay. Gotcha. I think he just got his, he just got a website. Did he? I, I think he just got a website. He's like me. <laughs> I, I haven't had a website ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's you know and since then we've been great friends i was the best man in his wedding um you know we travel we've traveled across the united states together we still do yeah. um you know half the time we t you know everyone thinks we talk and we talk training all that we very rarely i can't say rarely but you know we mostly talk about other stuff because we're you know, we're old friends at this point. Yeah, he's a lifelong friend. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, what You yeah. came across the dude, D.B. Hammer, right? Yeah, that was uh, one of the things that we came across was D.B. Hammer. And uh, we started emailing him, and we actually paid him for email. Where is he out of? Where Where is he from? 
supposedly Germany. Okay. Gotcha. He's like a mysterious, very shadowy mysterious, figure. Various <laughs> mysterious. Um, you know, people said he was Jay Schrader. People said he was all these different things, but he wasn't. Okay. Um, you know, we have, we're selling, we have for sale all the email exchanges with all the questions that we ask and all the programming and all that. Okay. Uh, and he's very German in his, in his responses. Um, was it in Germany to it, translate it? Or was this like, no, it dialect? was English, but you can, you can tell, um, you know, the vernacular was very, you could tell it was a second language. Okay. You know, it's very stiff, not a lot of sense of humor, very German. Um, I'm surprised you didn't try to get his number and call him. Well, you know, eventually that happens. But, um, you know, it got to a point where, you know, he said, you know, if you guys run this this uh, page for me, this message board, you know, we'll have, you know, I won't charge you for your questions and helping you with your athletes and building programs. That's really where we learned a lot this neuro stuff is it was we we knew at a, at that point that there had to be some neural changes that you just can't go squat weight and do basic stuff okay to, to develop the speed and things like that and we ran that for a long time a while and then um we got i don't know how this happened someone hacked in and put all kinds of porn through everything damn and uh, we had to shut it down because you have two high school teachers that are running a website that suddenly has a lot of porn. And we said, we can't, we don't want to lose our jobs over this. So we shut yeah. it down. Wow. That's not how, that's how I did it. Yeah. I, I there, you, oh, there's all kinds of interesting little things. Thanks to technology that have come across our careers that have really derailed why we don't do certain things, yeah. you know, like social media, uh my end with social media was pretty early that uh i noticed you're not you're not active on that thing on anything <laughs> no i i put stuff up once in a great while um but someone was angry about an article that tony wrote okay i didn't even have anything to do with it and i'll never forget i'm driving to my mom's house on thanksgiving my son was probably five or six maybe seven somewhere in there, but a young age. And he goes, dad, can I play with your phone while we're, we're going to grandma's? And I said, sure, go ahead. Here's my phone. And something popped up and this, this gentleman put on there that Tony and I do all kinds of sexual acts with each other because of our belief in training. Wow. And so on, on my Thanksgiving day, I had to explain to my son what, uh, oral sex was with another man what and how that's not true and after that i thought why do i share anything if if someone gets so upset with something that someone else wrote and yeah. it just lumps me in that completely wrecked everything i mean there, here's my wow. family moment driving to my mom's house and i have to explain this to my son i look at my wife and she's sheet white mm-hmm. i'm like why should i have to go through this yeah i see you I know, guess you. why yeah. you, you know why do I do this? I guess they're threatened because it's everything it's you're doing the right things and it's so different and, and cutting edge. They're just, they're afraid. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what people think, but I don't think I deserve that kind of treatment. No, just because Tony Holler wrote an article because Tony wanted his kids to run fast. 
And Tony has phenomenal success in getting kids to run fast. How did you get? How How did you meet Tony? I know he's right across the way, but how did it? How did it um, happen? I was at York High School and we were doing really well. And he wanted to see what we had going on. That how all of a sudden that a distance powerhouse suddenly became a sprint powerhouse. And he showed up at a practice. How far? How far? Away, how, how far away at the schools? From each hour. Other? Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, York's western suburb, Elmhurst, and then uh, he's in Plainfield, which is a southwest suburb, kind of way on the fringe, fringe of Chicago suburbs. Okay. Um, and he showed up at uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday morning, and, you know, then he started showing up at the basement, you know, to see what we're doing and how we're doing things, and we just kind of hit it off. And that's, what year, and then, what year is that? How long is that? I don't, God, it's been a while. Early. And then eventually, you know, we were, we were talking about, we go to breakfast occasionally and, you know, just to catch up and, and we were talking about, you know, getting speaking gigs and things like that. And we thought, you know, it should be great if we could share more of what we have, uh, because Illinois or Indiana or Wisconsin, whoever would ask us every, you know, you're on a cycle. You know, you go every four years. Right. Wouldn't be great if, because we have so much more to share than that hour that they give us and so we that's how we started tfc okay so you two got together and and try to you know get conferences together yeah and we thought why can't we have our own conference and bring in people and really try to push the envelope about what's going on out there instead of hearing the same thing you know bring in other people to share their ideas who are on the fringe or you know they're getting canceled canceling wasn't even a thing back then but today it is you know, just to share those ideas with different people. And, you know, some of the people that we bring in, you know, I, you know, I don't agree with a lot of things, but still it's, it's an open forum to share your idea because if someone's having success, I don't want to take that away from them because they're having success and maybe I need to listen to what they have to say and maybe I can learn from them because maybe I'm seeing things the wrong way. How, how many TFCs have there been? 21. And how, how, how many years? How many years have y'all been doing that? I don't even know. Ten years, uh, roughly. Yeah, maybe ten years. Okay. I wow, think I think long? we've had twenty. Wow. I've lost track. It's just <laughs> you know. Is, is, this it, year, is, is, is it one a year? Is it a couple a year? Well, it, it depends. Um, we were going to do one in Dallas this spring or in June, and we said we just we 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 just did a thing in Bellevue, Iowa. Uh, where a school district brought us in and we did Saturday was training all the coaches on what we do. And Sunday was training all the athletes on what we do. And we took all the kids through, God, it was a long workout. It was five hours. Of, oh, you took them you know, to a workout too. We, we, we showed all of our different things and how to coach it for all the coaches that were there. Okay. And afterwards, uh, we were going to have this one in Dallas in June. And we said, you know what? We just need a break. <laughs> um, and Tony said, you know, it, it would make my life better if we did just didn't do it in Dallas this year. And I said, you know, I kind of feel the same way. Gotcha. And he said, Let, let's just skip it this spring or the summer. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Maybe July, but right now, you know, we bo- just both have too much going on. Gotcha. Wow. Now, how did you, um, let's go into the, let's go into the train a little bit. Now, okay. did you do, now, a lot of coaches, I believe, it, this is a lot of this is a problem. This, this is, what are the problems in track and field? I believe a lot of coaches are distance coaches. 
They hired yep. the distance coaches, and the distance coaches kind of dumbed down the uh, their distance workouts and and do for speed training, and it's a lot of high volume. <laughs> yeah, and and, and the, it just kills the kids. And the kids actually, I believe my my kids actually get beat up, and or they get slower. Do you, is that common? Yep. And, and from so, what I have seen, because when I started, I just went and bought some track and field book, and I took the. Clyde Hart, he wins a lot. That's what I need. Yep. And we did a lot of repeat, you know, Tuesday, eight times 200. And then you followed the basic micro uh, progressions. Yeah. Well, once Michael uh, Johnson, I, once Michael Johnson said that record, everybody wanted to know what Clyde Hart was doing. And that was the track workup. It's a lot of high volume and a lot of kids. High volume. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went and saw Tudor Bampa speak once, and it was kind of a weird scenario. It was he was speaking at DePaul University, and uh, there was a snowstorm when he was speaking. And so I, I had a old Bronco back then. I could go through anything in that thing. <laughs> so, so I backstreeted my way down to DePaul University in the snowstorm, and I'm sitting in a room with Tudor Bampa, and uh, it's me and one other guy, and the other guy just kind of was there along for the ride, and. You know, we sat and talked for two and a half hours about periodization wow. and all that stuff. So I knew periodization really well. I learned from the guy who invented it. Okay. And I tried it and I went through and, you know, I built up my models and macro cycles, micro cycles and all that stuff. When did you and, get, uh, did, did, it, you, did you get, you were you're lifting a lot back then? I mean, first, originally first, oh, yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. We were doing Louis Simmons lifting. We were doing one side barbell lifting. And uh, and then, you know, traditional track training, you know, eight by, you know, Tuesdays was eight by 200. And then, okay. you know, something along those lines. What, you know, what, what, what really, pace, a lot of the kids in my area, the, the pace is like 85%. For some oh, yeah. You, you're doing percentage <laughs> extensive and intensive tempos. You know, I took from Charlie Francis. Okay. And I read Charlie Francis' stuff, and I took from Charlie Francis, intensive and extensive tempos, ins and outs, yeah, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, we're average. Okay, we're better than we were before. Okay. But this is not – I'm still getting beat, you know? And, you know, I, I'd like to say it's for the kids, but I don't like getting beat. And Me neither. <laughs> and it's going to be about me. It's – it's going to be how can I do better for my kids? You know, third place is great. Last place we had nobody in the finals, but this year in fourth place. But how do I get a one and a three or a one and a four? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's got to be a better way to do this. And you know, that's kind of like how Cal Caldeets and I kind of and Dan too. You know, how, there's got to be a better way than do, to do this. You know, this what? is great that I've gotten sixty percent forward, but how do I get ninety percent forward? Wow. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have anyone left behind. Right. I want to move the whole bottom up. So if I can move the bottom up, that's where you get your relay teams and that's where you get your four by fours and things like that. Yeah. You're, it's a, that's a barometer of your, of your program. You get the whole, you get four or five fast guys. You're developing. Yes. You know, you, you got instead six of, instead, of, instead of one. Right. These are the, these are the programs have one freak in this, in high school and that's that ha they pop up here and there, but the good programs, they develop four or five. The relays are always there. They're always there. That means they got a good program. Yeah. <laughs> you, sh you show up, you know, you're placing in, you're placing two in the hundred and the 200. Yeah. That's, that's a good sign right there. <laughs> there there's and a guy. For me, I'll, I'll, 
I'll get one in the 400, but I'll have a good four by four. I think I've my best four by four is I had a three sixteen group. Wow. Which isn't bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. And you know, none of them were 400 meter runners. Oh, wow. Wow. That you... was like, we, sh- we show up at sectionals and you piece together what you got. And cause you know, if you're going to be a good 400 meter runner, you have to be fast. If you're going to run 48, you're going to have to run 11 flat. Yeah. Go you into, go run... into, go into that people. Cause if people think backwards, they do a lot of, uh, extensive, cause extensive tempo and intensive yeah, tempo. I, I, and they do a little, yeah, light, and, and they think that'll get them faster for the 400, but it's really, they got to be fast. You've got to be fast. You've got to be a fast kid. Like I had a kid that ran 47 and he's state champion. He was a, people forget he was a 21, eight, 21, he ran 21, seven, uh, three weeks out from the state meet in the open two. Wow. Yeah. So he's not going to run 40. He's not going to run 47 if he's not running 21 high 21s. And that's because of speed reserve, I believe. Correct. Yeah, he's not going to run that time if he's not a sub-11 kid. I believe you can't run no faster than about 93%, 94% in that forward yeah. any time, or you're going to get, the acid is going to get built up so badly, you won't be able to run fast. So you take that kid that can run that sub-11, and if his brain isn't right, then you put him in the 400. <laughs> That's oh. how it works. I, a lot of my people that should run the one, they're scared of it because of, because of the the... the, the um, the distance of it and how they feel after it. And, and, and they'll always be scared unless you put them on a team right? where you have, you have to hold up those three people. But if you want your individual guy, he's got to not be right in the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got one of those as a sophomore right now. We're at the conference meet. I knew he wasn't right in the head because he's running this thing and he's sitting on the guy and he's smiling. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You're at 275 and you're smiling what the hell is going on? And all of a sudden he just hit another gear and blew right. But he knew all along that he was just riding on this kid. And I said, Nelson, what are you doing, man? You could have run so much faster. He was, yeah, but I wanted that kid to feel like he was doing good. And then I was going to smoke him. <laughs> so that uh, not only was he, you know, running on reserves, he had the, the second mind to think, okay, so I'm running this race, but now I'm going to game him. And that's the kind of kid that I think is going to be a state champion 400 meter runner. Wow. Wow. Cause he can, he's got that second level where he can think outside of his body and outside of the pain and outside of the fatigue and gain. Let's go into that. Do, now, do, now, do you do any, obviously you must do some special endurance runs and special endurance to run speed endurance with them as well. I do. I do 23 second runs. We'll do, for, I do the Tony Howard. Describe that drill because people don't, I know what it is, but they, people don't know what that is. So 23 second run is I invented, uh, you know, this is DB hammer days Okay. where he said, you know, you've got anaerobic one, anaerobic two, you know, those different reserves. And I thought, well, this is great, but I need something that's applicable to my track team. Okay. And so I knew that if I could get four kids to run 23 seconds indoors, that we would place really high in the four by one and four by two at the state meet. And so that became a goal. So if you're looking at intent or targets with 
with improvement, you know, you, that first day you run it, you mark where they make it to and, uh, they can see how close they are to that goal. Okay. Like you mark it and but God, my first year, we were really stupid. We, you bring your own marker. And I had a kid bring a tuba, you know, they got <laughs> smart ass stuff, you know, stuffed animals, which is great. I didn't mind it, but it, yeah. it was just too cumbersome to go mark this and you got to go around a tuba. I literally a kid brought brought a tuba. He was a tuba player, and he was also a all state sprinter. So, oh my god! Figure that out. <laughs> but that was his favorite thing, and he always wanted to run to his tuba. But you know, from a how how do you accurately stop where they hit twenty three seconds? Just so eyeball we it? have we have countdown watches that uh, the timers for your kitchen that beep. Okay, that's and smart. so go beep beep. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering, I was and thinking so about you that. You hear that beep, you go mark and there's managers who are there marking when you say mark. Okay. So later on we go to, to, uh, five note cards with your name on it and it has every run that you've ever made. Okay. So you can constantly see your improvement because that's part of that feed forward loop that you constantly see improvement. Here's proof. Here's a piece of paper that shows you're getting better every time we run these things. Gotcha. Okay. So then when I started getting data, then we started marking where, all right, this is where Dan Palmer made. He was a 47 second quarter miler. Here's where he made. Here's John Fox. How, was, how, how many meters did they get? How many meters did that kid get out in 23 seconds? Oh, I had kids make it. Oh shit. We just had a kid make it, uh, nine meters past 200 indoors. Okay. So 209 on the indoor track yeah, where the turns are tight. Yeah. That kid will that kid will run twenty one outdoors. He's a junior. Okay. Do you do this um, on an outdoor track too? What is it? Is it? Is oh it... yeah, we change it up a little bit outdoors, but then outdoors you have wind. Okay. Like at home at Foster now, we have a wind tunnel. It always see the wind <laughs> could be coming from the west, but somehow it always comes from the northeast on our track. Oh wow! I don't know how that works. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Wow. It, it, it defies all things. So we're always running into, we're always running into, into a headwind. Yeah. Okay. So it shortens the distance they can run, obviously. Yeah. But still, you know, we'll do 150s outside. Um, but again, I think the magic and what people forget so, is so, that. So you might do, you might just do 150s sometimes. Yeah. We'll do some 150s. I love okay. 150s. Gotcha. Because I train 200-meter runners. If you can run a 200, you can run a 400, and you can run a 100. Gotcha. That way, as a sprint coach, I have all my bases covered. Now, what, what type of volume are you doing these these 23-second drills and these 150s? So that's really the magic. Is, and the rest time, gonna too. Be, it's going to be the rest time is really the magic for these things. And when we do the 8 times 200, we go, this week we're at 230 rest. Now, two minutes, 145. Now we're down to 130. We're building volume, guys. That's not how the system works. You know, gotcha. it's that that six minute mark where six to eight minute mark where you start to replenish your creatine. Okay. And then that eight to twelve minute mark, you're starting to deal with lactate, and that's really what we want to learn to deal with. And so my rest periods are always anywhere from six to twelve minutes. Okay, you're looking at are you and just eyeballing the kids, or just is it all feel? I'll be completely honest with you. It's whatever I feel like that day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason. Like I have nothing written down about what I've done or what I'm going to do. 
Gotcha. Because I, I have to watch what my kids look like at the meet, make a generalization about what we all look like. I may, you know, I pick 12 kids aside and say, here's what you really need to work on. Here's your homework. Or maybe 20 kids, you know, okay. kids that I really see at those meets. Are you doing? Uh, kids that I know that'll do that work. But, you know, it's what we need to work on. So like you... right now, my, my team right now, we need endurance work okay. and we need strength work. Those, we're great at the middle part, but our endurance and our strength is lacking right now. Okay. So for the last two weeks we've been doing, we've been in the weight room. We haven't been on the track in two weeks. Gotcha. A lot of that's smart. A lot of coaches would not be humble enough to say that and acknowledge that, or maybe not even even see that. But on, on, so what makes you, what, what now, what made you realize they didn't have enough Endurance, right? Obviously, obviously, the times are probably slow, but what about strength? What made you realize you don't have enough strength? Uh, the way we get out of the blocks. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha, um, gotcha I got gotcha. two kids, and that's going to Cal Dietz's, you know, his 20-meter assessment tool that he's got online. Uh, but we needed some strength work. And so I want to focus on one thing, and so we focused on strength work. Okay. Uh, we went in and did, uh, we did a day of isometrics. Then we did a day of, you know, concentric work. We did a day of eccentric work, cycled that round again. Uh, on the off days, we did, you know, technical work with hips, hips, hip movement. And now what do you, when you do eccentric, when you do eccentric work, is it with a barbell? Is it, now I know you have that, that, uh, hammer strength, uh, well, remember, I'm with my team now, so I don't have oh, five okay. hammer strength machines. Oh, this is at the track. More. Okay. This is at the track. So we're holding dumbbells. We're because I don't, nobody and, and, can balance with a bar on their back, and we don't have enough safety squat bars. So it's going to be dumbbell work and what you can hold. And okay. then because their grip strength can't match what they can hold, then. We go lighter weight and go so, for 30 So seconds. they're doing eccentric. You like to do single leg. You don't like to do double leg, correct? Yeah. Well, no, I take that back. We did a day of, uh, we did a day of double leg. Oh, my God, I just said it. <laughs> no. We squatted. Okay. Oh, no. Because <laughs> a, a lot of people think that you don't do double leg, you know? Sometimes you need it. Again, uh, uh, an exercise you shouldn't hang your head on an exercise An exercise is just a tool, right? It's, it's, here's what this person needs. I know what all these tools can do. I need to give this person this tool so he can get better. And that's what we needed. We needed general strength. And so then I'm going to go to a two legged exercise. And so, so you're doing dumbbell, uh, squats. Oh, we did, we did, we did, single leg dumbbells if we're going two legs you know we've got lots of squat racks we'll go we'll go ahead and put the bar on your back oh okay you put the oh, okay i didn't think i didn't oh, think yeah. you still squatted i think that, that i thought you did two, d- d- squat on two Again, legs and bar on your back and, and, and exercise is just a tool um it's it's would, uh would you rather use you know, a safety it, bar if you had enough safety bars or would you rather use a straight bar well because some of my kids are so I have a team of really small kids, so the bar hurt their back. Everyone, oh, it's killing my shoulders, coach. Uh, yeah, that's not great. But okay. I, 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 use, I used to take the bar a lot, so that's why. Yeah, that well, question. we only have two safety bars, so the skinny kids got the safety bar. The kids without traps got the safety bar. <laughs> 
but again, man. if if you if you know your tool, you know how to operate that tool, and you know your athlete, and you know what their hole is. Okay, it's your job to use the appropriate tool for the appropriate athlete or your group of athletes, if you can make a generalization. And you're going to get that immediate change because if you can hit an exercise perfectly, you're going to get an immediate change. Perfect. And, and I don't care what your level is. I, you know, this morning we were doing overspeed training and Dave's feet were off. And I said, Dave, do this exercise. And he went and did this exercise. I said, yeah, that's a lot better. He was, yeah, that feels a lot better. Wow. Did, uh, because it, it, it's, you got to remember, it's a neural input. You're feeding the neural system saying, hey, this is what you need. This is going to make you better. This is going to correct this. Oh, yeah, I can make that connection. Okay, now let's go run or let's go do whatever we need to do. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I think everyone gets so into the exercise, like this is my main exercise or you know, Simply Faster. I'm writing an article for Simply Faster. They want me to talk about what I've changed over time and, and what am I still hanging on to and all that. And it's like, well, it's not really that I'm hanging on to anything. It's that I've just enlarged my palate and I understand what each tool does better over time. Gotcha. Like I know the, sh I know the shortcomings of my tool as well as the, the positive effects that that tool can have. Okay. Are you doing, um, uh, are you, so are now here's another thing too. Are, are you doing like rep, what reps and set are you doing isometrically and eccentrically? Mm, or does it vary? 30, if it varies. Okay. You know, if I got someone with not let's, a very strong grip, it's going to be quick. Let's say you're at the trap <laughs> and you're, and you're in your basement. Let's go, let's go into that a little bit. So if you're at the track, you're doing isometrics. Um, oh, um, because, because we're weak, I'm going 30 seconds. Okay. With dumbbells, single leg. If I'm, if if I'm or if I'm Cal if I'm Cal's hockey team and I'm strong as shit, yeah, uh, I'm going five seconds. Okay, and they're probably if using, I have, they're using SSB probably SSB. Yeah, if I if if I have equipment that I'm not gonna my strength is gonna be reliant on my grip or my comfort level, then I'm gonna go as heavy as I can. Okay, and now, and again, are you are the you, question do, is do they is, have to, is, do, do they have to come out? Are they just doing eccentric and then just dropping on on um, safety guards? Or they come back out of it concentrically? Oh, it depends. Okay, God, it, it it all depends on what I see. Because um, some, yeah, some people just some people just do the slow eccentrics and they just rest on the bottom and they crawl out of it. Yeah, that's that's a true eccentric. But yeah. because my kids are not strong, that is not we aren't ready to do super max eccentric. Gotcha. That's for a stronger person. Like I have two, I have one kid who's a genetic freak, maybe the best athlete I've ever seen. He can handle that. Okay. No, he's a, he's the second best athlete I've ever seen. Wow. Do right now you have him? I have him. Wow. Okay. He's, he's a junior. <laughs> he, uh, he's been transferring school so much that he has never competed in high school until he showed up with us. Uh, he long jumped 22 plus off the wrong leg. Whoa. Uh, we have seen him scratch 25 foot jumps. Whoa. Is, uh, is this the kid? Yeah. You, he had a high vertical and you did, you made some changes and also this long jump went crazy. No, that's a different kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so we're just trying, we have this, 
wild horse stallion that we we have to learn to put blinders on because he is just so powerful that he can't control it. So really we have to downgrade him so he can make a jump or he can be consistent in his 60 yard or hundreds. Um, And that's, and that's more of a mental game than it is a physical game. Wow. Um, You know, we do think with him, we did things like, all right, you can run a three flat 30, which is pretty freaky, right? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Now your job is to run a three, two. What? Yeah. I want you to run a three, two. Huh. Why? Isn't the goal? I need you to learn how to control that speed and I need you to learn how to control your body. So we downgraded them to a a three, two. So how can you hit a three, two, John? Well, I shouldn't say his name. Can you hit a three, (laughs) two? Um, now coach that, that was a two, nine, seven. All right. Now control your body and see if you can run a three, two. And then he starts hitting the three, two. It's like, okay, great. You've, you've learned how to control that. Now let's come back next workout or in five in, in five days. And let's see what you hit then when you open it up, when you've learned how to control all that. Okay. Coach, I hit a two, nine, five. Yeah, that's pretty good. Huh. Way to go. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> so it's not full throttle all the time. Like everyone thinks I do. You've got, again, you've got to. So, so you're looking at his, his technical, uh, running and, and seem to be. Yeah. You're looking at, you're looking at, you know, his neural output, what he does technically, and he's really good technically. Um, but again, it, it's, this is where the art comes in, where you have to know your palate, you have to know your, your tools. Uh, you have to know, you have to try to take in the entire environment of what's going on gotcha. and, and apply that to that one, that one kid who's that canvas where, you know, you've got 30 kids, but you got to say, all right, you need to do this. And, you know, kids like nothing more than you've recognized them and said, hey, here's what I really need you to work on here. Yeah, you're, you're finding their flaws and you're trying to fix it. Yeah, you're finding their flaws. Gotcha. It so could... really, it's track practice is like a. You're, t- uh, you're uh, testing um, all the time. Well, you're, you're testing, but you're you're creating, too, where. You know, you've got to see, you've got these exercises, you've got these things, you've got all these variations you can do. And here's your kid. Now, can you make the two meet and do that repetitively? Okay, that kid just ran through on a fly 20. Great. Here's what you need to do. I missed the next kid. I got to get him the next time. Hey, you make sure I'm watching you the next time because I was too busy talking to this kid. Okay, here comes this kid. (laughs) And so how, you know, it becomes how quick you know, can you make these changes and make these things? Hey, you grab that water bag, put that off to the side and run through, see what happens. Huh. You know, half the time I'm wrong. You know, gotcha. how'd that, how'd that feel? Uh, it didn't feel good coach. This, this happened and this happened. Yeah. Let's not do that again. Bad idea. <laughs> bad coaching, bad coaching. Let's talk about this. So you, so you do, you do so I know you, now let's talk about max velocities. So you're doing, obviously so you're doing some fly times, you're doing, 10, 20, 30s, correct? Yeah, we start with 10s, but, you know, like the group, my my varsity group right now, we've been doing, they did fly 10s as COVID freshmen. They did fly 10s last year. So 
it's time to move on from flight 10s because we've mastered if, if they haven't mastered the flight 10 by the time they're juniors <laughs> that's bad coaching well what do you what now what time are you looking for like to get them in the state final what and just for the oh. audience well anything under one okay and uh i don't use free lap i was gonna ask, okay i was gonna uh, say what do you what do you use to time I use Swift. either my speed Swift, okay, or I have my old system that's twenty five years old with algae beams and a chronometer from Summit Timing in California. This really? guy named Ernie made it for me. Uh, that's my go to because it never ever fails. It's hardwired. I have fifty meters of cable. And huh. it looks like the cable that you plug your lamp into the wall. But that's the most <laughs> dirt. That's the most durable, and it will withstand it, someone spiking it. Yeah. Um, because those are those are the realities that you have to deal with. So use that. You, know, you, you, t- you use that more often than anything, than even the Swift. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I like the Swift, um, but. <laughs> I have to weight down the reflectors outside because the wind gets so strong they get blown down. Ooh, okay. That's that's right. You're in windy the windy city. <laughs> when yeah. So it's the algae beams were built for uh downhill skiing, so they're built for the weather. Okay. Gotcha. It's the most durable system. I love my swift timing, uh but once in a while, you know, I, you know, the swift is it never misses, ever, ever, ever misses. So, so that's your fam- favorite thing. What, 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 yeah. what's your problem with the free lap? I like the free lap. It's easy. Um, because when you're inside, there are many different waves that confuse the timer, and you'll get the random, probably 10%, 15%, you know, mega speed, fast. Gotcha. The, the, you know, I've had all, I've, I've timed, I've lined all three systems up. Yeah. Okay. Um, the algae beams are really similar to the speed light. The speed light is more accurate than the algae beams because sometimes you'll catch an arm on the algae beams. Okay. Because the speed light has three beams that they have to break. Gotcha. But the free lap, and I love Christopher. I love everything he does at Simply Faster. I own God knows how many chips. In fact, someone borrowed my my free lap system. I don't even know where it is in the country right now. <laughs> um, what? I lent it to a kid who's now coaching down in Florida. He was coaching up here, and he moved to Florida, and he took it with him. Okay. And I you, you ain't got that no more. <laughs> you got that no more. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so the the algae beams are close, really close to the, the swift timer. The swift timer is the best. Okay. Um, I just got, I just got, I just got one. Okay, good. So make sure you weight down the the reflector. Cause if a big wind comes, sometimes it gets blown over. I think those things would break pretty easy. They're, they're, it's high techy and flashy. And no, 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 no. The actual laser beam part. Yeah. That shoots the beam. Yeah. That thing's built like a. I've knocked that thing over countless times. Okay, gotcha. And it always, you know, funny story. Uh, we're doing overspeed research. Okay. At my high school, and we're using this the 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 speed light system. Is Ken Clark time. up there? Ken Clark up there? Ken Clark is there, okay. and Ken <laughs> says, 
Ken says, I want to try, I want to try running over speed. And I said, all right, go ahead. And we set it up. And, uh, Ken Clark actually ran it over speed. Yeah. Ken Clark ran over speed. Okay. Um, not yet though, because what happened was for some reason, you know, you can, he'll say that he had gained too much weight, but I don't want to say about Ken because I love Ken. <laughs> he's the nicest guy in the history of the planet. And I don't want to say anything Dude, bad about him. He's right by me. I live, I'm right by Westchester. The belt fell off. Somehow the belt came off. Oh. And we had spent hours setting this place up for this research. And it's getting pulled back at 14 meters a second. And it's like a snake. It's zigzagging back and forth. It seemed to have laser beam eyes just for the speed light system, the laser beam. And it took out oh. the laser beam. Ooh. It fell over. I saw it in slow motion. It hits the ground. It comes apart. Oh. And, and immediately I'm thinking, how the Sam hell are we going to do this now? <laughs> and Ken's like, I can't believe this happened. And I took the speed light. I go, well, I guess I'll just, and I'm not a very technical person. Yeah. Ask anyone. I'm, I'm really bad at that stuff. <laughs> I just kind of stuck it all back in there and put the top back on and set it back up. I said, well, let's try this. And it worked fine. Get out. So they're tough. They're built tough. <laughs> they're built tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they have a great product. Um, wow. And it's tough. It's just outside. I have had the reflector part blow over in the wind. But again, it's 30 mile an hour windier sometimes. So wow. truly is the windy city. It's, yeah. Now, Tony but says I, his overspeed, he runs with the tailwind. <laughs> is, is, is that something you do as well sometimes? No, I have a 1080 sprint. Why right. do I need to do that's that? That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Why do I have to guess what the gusts are? and see if it's yeah. too much or not too much or i got data that shows me if i'm pulling you too fast or not here's the thing too so so when you do your fly 10 20 30 it, what how many reps are you doing per session That's, and how much rest time three or four okay. um three or four reps i usually like to do exercises in between that's what i was gonna, okay, I was gonna say because it's how much yeah because you're doing it's a good amount of rest in between right yeah, everyone's got their own personal exercise, and then there'll be a group exercise, um, and so, then come through. So anywhere from six to twelve minutes. Okay, are you doing what like speed drills? Are you doing plyos? Uh, it depends. Everyone's got something different to work on. Okay, give me an example. Uh, like I said, someone's not a, they're not elastic. They're 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 not they're not bouncing on the track. What would they do? Or they can't get to the blocks fast. They have no strength. <laughs> well, that would be a different day. That would be an acceleration day. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, okay. That's another question I want to have to see. Uh, well, let's, so, let's so, see in, so, in reality, on a track team, you only need two people that can come out of the blocks. Okay. You got to have your starters in the four by one and four by two. And then you got to have two guys in the 100 and the 200. Okay. So our Excel work is a lot for a lot of guys is from a two point stance. Once we get outdoors, because okay. by indoors, if I, if you can't come out of the blocks and I've had seven weeks or eight weeks to try and fix that and I haven't done it, then it's not going to happen. I'm not good enough. Um, <laughs> really? You, you seem like a master be, at that though. 
you're going to be a two, three, or four in my relay. If you can't come out of the blocks. I'm going to take my two best block starters, and they're going to be my 100 and 200 meter guys. Maybe not 200 meter guys, um, but they're going to be my openers in the four by one, four by two. How do you now during the week? Are you doing two max velocity days? You're doing one max velocity, one uh, speed, uh, you know, and speed well, endurance. I do day. a max velocity at top end speed, and then we'll do either a speed endurance, which we'll do in blocks, or we'll do acceleration, which you know we'll go out to thirty meters or forty meters. So it'll end up being. Are you are you just switching days? Or is it like blocks? Like this block is the acceleration. This block is max velocity. Like how do you how are you doing that? Uh, it's logistics. It's what the girls track team is doing and what days and what lanes I have and okay. all that. So it becomes a logistics issue. With I, I do a lot of girls. What what type of fly time for a girl would be good for a 10 meter fly? I don't know. You don't mess with girls that much. I coached girls for a couple of years and I wasn't a very good coach um, <laughs> because I did, I did boys and girls at the same time. And I spent more time on the boys and the girls. Okay. Um, but usually, generally speaking, if you take your fly 10 time and it's an accurate time and you add a second to it, that's going to be a, a basic ballpark of what you're going to run okay. in a hundred meter dash. Gotcha. So say they run a one and add a one to it. Yeah, that'd be 11. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. That's how I figure that out. Um, so and then you can look at, you can look at splits and figure out who's doing what. And, uh, but yeah, I, I try to end up the year with one or two good, really good block starters. And then they will spend more time in acceleration than they will on speed endurance type stuff. Okay. And we'll do starts on the curve and all that. Our- Cause really I, I, I'm, I am getting ready for conference sectionals and state. That's, Gotcha. What my goal? That's what our goal is. It's not like a football program where we have to win every meet. Right. You're training it's, throughout the season. You know, when I was at York, I think Stan Rattle, who's still the best coach I've ever coached with, I've ever seen. Um, he said we use track meets to take the question mark off the back of your shirt. <laughs> so. At the end of indoor and partially through outdoor, if I look at the back of your shirt, no, not literally, but, you know, I will know what you can do. Uh, okay. <laughs> and if you if you haven't proven every, anything to us, hopefully it's at that point, you still don't have a question mark on your back. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so you're looking at consistency. You're looking at, can you come back in multiple races? Are you can you bounce back and run a four by four for us at the end of the, at the end of a meet, if we really need you. Okay. You know, those are the things that will remove the question mark off your back. Gotcha. How many, so how many, so stay like you, you got your one or 200 meter guys. Are you, how are you, how are you blending in uh special endurance, 22 second runs and max velocity days and acceleration days? Uh, if you're a longer guy, your acceleration days are going to be your speed endurance days. So whether it's multiple one fifties, it's a 23 second run. We'll do one, one week of a 300. Are you, are you doing two one fifties, three one fifties, four one fifties? Uh, so ideally the way I look at it is, all right, you're a kid that's going to be responsible for 600 meters. And sometimes we've done this, you know, okay. you, you owe me 600 meters at a track meet. How do you want to accomplish that today? Do you want to do 
150s with this rest period? Do you want to do two 300s with this rest period? And I'll let kids kind of pick what they want to do on that day. Okay. So if you're if you're my four by one one, and uh, you know you're going to run a four by two, you owe me 400 meters on your speed endurance day. And, Nobody's and- ever going to want to step up and say, especially if you're a one two guy, and say, I want to, I would just want to knock it off all right now. <laughs> they may say, I want coach, I want to do 60s today, right. and I'm going to cut my rest period down. I'm going to do a 60 walk back, do a 60 walk back, 60 walk back, and I'm going to time those. So they're bust. They're 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 humming. How many how many six are they doing laying down? Four. Well, they if they owe me four, if they owe me four hundred meters. Oh, okay. They're I gonna gotcha. owe me. They're gonna owe me seven sixties. Okay, gotcha. Because that's the, that's the reality of what we're dealing with in a track meet, right? So you're taking you, the volume you, the volume they need to do in a meet, and you're trying to lay it down in the practice. Yes. Gotcha. I was gonna say, how do you deal with that? now? I know the championships. Sometimes they got now we got. We got semis, prelim. We got prelim, semis, and finals. Is that how is that how you dress that too? We just have Friday prelims, Saturday finals. Okay, Pennsylvania got three rounds for the one and two. We only got two rounds. We got, you know, we have Friday day and Saturday day. I think we should do that because it's it's you're you don't you don't need three rounds and whittle down to the final. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a lot of running. It's like these guys aren't these these kids aren't professionals. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I wish they had. I wish they could change that back to that to that way. Because you already know after the semis, you know who who's going to be in the finals. It's crazy. And again, if you give kids choices and how they want to run their 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 so, time, so, so they can break you, they can break their workout almost how they choose, given the volume. Yeah, you know, I'm, not everyone's doing individual. I say, all right, you know, I'll take my top guys and say this is what they want to do. Anyone want to join this group? Gotcha. So we'll have multiple groups going, and which so, is easy to it, do. It sounds like you're like, you're, and you're picking their flaws. Or say they say they have a deceleration problem. Let's do these twenty second runs, or they have a they have a deceleration problem. Let's do acceleration work. You're kind of just yeah. pick, picking and choosing what they need to work on, and that changes every week, right? What depending on what you see, depending on what I see. Gotcha. That's how I that's how I do it. <laughs> I try to just, just work on the way. You what go and watch the meet and see what happens and then build your workout based on what you see at that meet when you do a celebration work are you clocking 10 meters 20 30 or just 30s so i got a 1080 so i got all that data right there so okay okay kind of, <laughs> let's go into that man of, you were people don't realize that you i think you were the second maybe the first to have a 1080 in the united states yeah it was <laughs> and how did you hear about that thing like how have you the first person not to get to go into that story, how you just come about to hear about it and were sold on it and go into that. Just like just like everyone else, you do a Google search. <laughs> <laughs> and you you're looking stuff up all the time and that came across and And what'd you do? Did, so you, I, did you you call them up? No, I filled out the paperwork and uh sent it in. I think, and then Peter, I, I think Peter said he, he came out to see you. Peter called and I said, I'm, I'm really not that interested. I don't, I don't have that kind of money. Okay. And, uh, he showed up on a Sunday morning. He just flew up, he just, he just flew up to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. It was <laughs> the day, day after the state track meet and 
Uh, we did not do well. That was one of the years I did not do well. What year is this? Is, is this is what? How's I it? don't even remember. Two thousand eight oh, or two thousand twelve, thirteen? Yes, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Uh, I think I was living. I was still in the garage. I wasn't in the basement yet. <laughs> so it may. I don't know. I don't know. So, 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 so he flies up on a Sunday. What, how's it, how's it, how's that happen? What, what's the, uh, well, how's it like? He showed up at my door at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. It's Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and, uh, he's standing there, goes, Hey, you know, in his kind of Swedish accent, I, I'm Peter. You want to take a look at the, the 1080? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, Well, I guess you're here. Let me, uh, why don't you get it out and we'll check it out. And, uh, and I go, let me call some guys to come over and try it. And he goes, all right, well, I'll set it up and I'll show you how it works. And then, you know, three hours later, you know, I said, all right, I'm going to buy it. What, what sold you? What, like, what was the, was, what was the thing that like, gotcha? Oh, the overspeed. Okay. Gotcha. So you hooked one of your kids up, towed them. Oh, down. lots of kids! I had a lot of kids come by. Did you? How many kids came by? Oh, I think I had about seven or eight kids. <laughs> They're like, what? I call them up on Sunday morning, yeah, because you know I have, I have normal Sunday training groups. Sunday's my heavy day. Oh, oh, that's uh, so in ha- the spring. Okay, so like, like kids. So, so kids come by in the spring while you're in the high school during the week track coaching. Coaching. Yeah, I have evening groups. When I get home from practice, really Saturday Saturdays I normally have meets, but when I shift away from to Friday nights, then I open up Saturdays and Sunday's my busy day. So you coach track, and then after you get home, you got groups coming to, to in the basement. Yeah, on the week, and then Saturday the weekend groups. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible, man. <laughs> now what? Now let's talk about the ten eighty. How did so? And the, initially, you, did you use overspeed initially? Did you use resistance? Did you, like, tell us how you used that thing. Well, nobody knew how to use it, so I just started trying a bunch of stuff. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing. Are you doing drills uh, with it? Are you doing, like... Uh, are, why not? <laughs> Try here's, everything. Here's the thing, too. Do you potentiate, potentiate with resistance your fly 10s or, or assistance? Or are you just running straight fly 10s or 520s with... Maximum you mean right time. now? What am I doing right now? Well, let's go back then and then now. <laughs> like your progression a little bit. Well, I didn't have, uh, I don't know. I People would show up and I'd say, let's try this. Okay. Let's see what happens. Like a lot of people will take a sled out or run it, take it off, run their flight in. Or mm. 1080, run it, run it, run resistant, run their flight in. Or they might do if assistance have, or run 10. I have a perfect workout. You're pulling. Then you're waiting at the other end. You, wait your five minutes and I'm going to pull you back. So you're, you're resisted running out? Yeah. And then you and wait then you there? Wait, and then you, your time comes up, then I'll pull you back. Okay. That, that's something I've done before. <laughs> that's a really hard, it's really hard on the machine. Gotcha. The machine almost has like this mindset, like I'm either getting pulled, I'm either pulling or getting pulled. <laughs> on the machine? 
Yeah. <laughs> do, now, now it's, a lot of people are in this profiling, uh, sprint profiling. Do you do that type stuff? Like, you know, like uh, Les Spellman does and there's, you're doing, mean, you know, you're doing the, the high, the one kilo, 15 kilo middle. Do you do go into that sure. with your people? Sure. There's okay. all kinds of stuff you can do with that. Uh, you can play, you, you know, you set it at 14 or 15 kilos. You drop it down to 14, see if you can keep the same power or you go to 10 and then you amp it up and you see if you can keep the same velocity, you know, so you can play all kinds of games with that. Okay. Is that and something I think the guy, go ahead. Is that something you do initially as a, as a test? In the beginning or is it something you just figure out no i gotta way? i gotta get a base marker um but it gets competitive here um yeah you, they compete with the times on, on that machine oh yeah they compete with the times they compete compete with uh the peaks and the averages okay uh that's all up on the wall in the basement my kids you know, what we do is we when they do the the uh the wattage we i put on gear two we try to get the highest watts Oh yeah, and then it's on gear one. We try to get the fastest velocity. Yeah, um, the magic number at fifteen kilos is fifteen hundred watts for a peak. Okay, if and you can do that, you should run a four, five, or better forty. Okay, that's what that's the kind of data I wanted to see. What what but now? Then, what, what what kind of hundred meter you're laying down at that point too? Well, so that's the weird thing is the the hundred meter you can depends on what kind of hundred meter runner you are. Okay. Go into that. Like I, last year I had a kid who ran, he was a four, a 1047 kid, 1051. Okay. Smoker. Uh, yeah. He's smoker, but he couldn't generate huge forces. Really? You know, he, he couldn't put it out. He was a finisher. Mm. Interesting. And then, so, so that, you're, you're that on, wasn't, that wasn't his thing. He was kind of like, you know, people talk about if you have a great start, you're really setting up the back half of your 100-meter dash. You've heard people argue that before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Um, he was a smaller kid. He probably weighed 140 pounds. Um, but his start was really a setup to his finish, and he always ran people down at the last 30 meters. Wow, okay. Um but then again, if I have like this kid now who can generate as much power as I've seen in anyone and he only weighs probably about 160, mm -hmm. you know, he's putting out the same power that, you know, my NFL guys do. Really? Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's a freak show. My NFL running back puts out ridiculous numbers on that thing. <laughs> Oh, Dave Montgomery at thirty kilos. I think because they're, uh, they're I think I think because they're they're heavier. I think that's they. they oh yeah, that's you know, they part went two twenty and they they can just pull loads and, and, and I mean, even just yeah. the system is ridiculous. Peter had to log into my system to to verify the fact that David really pulled the numbers that I said he was pulling. Really? Because they said they've never seen anyone pull like that before. What was he? What was he pulling? If I may ask. <laughs> At thirty, I think it was like twenty seven hundred, if I remember 2, right. Twenty seven hundred? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I've never seen that before. That's insane. But that's a that's a guy who the first time he came here, I'm trying to get a ballpark on what he can do. Uh -huh. And so I 
I got out my gym aware and I just wanted to measure bar speed. Yeah. He moved on one leg. He moved 315 pounds on that hammer strength deadlift as fast as a really explosive guy could move 135 pounds. What, 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 what time on the gym aware meter per second? I, I don't remember, but I, I was shocked at how easily he moved. So this dude that is weight. crazy strong and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, uh, so, state so, sh- so I mean, all state in the shot and disc. People forget that. Really? He ran on the four by one and he was all state in the shot in the disc. He literally stepped off. I think he threw 60 feet, 60 something in the shot, stepped off and it was the number three runner on the, on the four by one. Golly. <laughs> Woo. What come what type of meters per second is he running in the, uh, on like a lower kilo, a lower kilo, like a 15 K. Off the top of your head, that's probably light work for him. Well, we we only go twenty meters because that's where my driveway starts to go up. Okay, so, so you can't really get going, get a lot of speed out of it. Um, I think at fifteen kilos, he's over seven meters a second. Dang, that is crazy! <laughs> oh my yeah, god, it's crazy! Wow. See, 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 my, my, my I, I, I've only had three people go over seven meters per second at fifteen kg. So that's that's crazy. And and like seven four, Craig, Craig, my running back does for Detroit Lions, Craig Reynolds. But that is that's insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, goodness. he's. But remember when they were playing the Packers last year, he got through, and defensive back tried to tackle him. He actually picked up the defensive back. And carried him for five yards off the ground, and then threw him down the ground. How many? Like how, he was a rag doll. How many? At thirty kg. It's it's not thirty kilograms, but how what's what's the poundage is equivalent to? I think it's it's like two hundred pounds. Yeah, it's like two hundred pounds. Yeah, and then like fifteen kg is like hundred pounds. That 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 almost deterred me from buying it because I'm like at thirty kg. That's nothing. And Peter was yeah, like, Peter, you, Peter, 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 Peter. Until you try it. Peter's like, nah, it's not what you think. <laughs> because you're getting rid of the friction component. You're getting rid of all the components that happen with the sled, the momentum component, um, all that stuff. No, the no, talking about the no flying weight yeah. portion of it, where there's no momentum of it, there's no friction of the sled. Yeah. Yep. That, that's, 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 I think, what, that's what got me. I think what happened last summer, Les Spellman, who I've never talked to, um, he posted some stuff on social media about what his guys were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're on the turf field. Somehow he gets to get on a turf field and do all that. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, we're on my street and we were, Dave and Thomas Ives were smoking those numbers. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. That's incredible, and it gets because and on the, the street is way turf is you know that the cleats that's that's way more they get more way more power more pull from that. Oh, that's why like chain around the street is your feet have to do so much more to create some friction and some traction and grab so much harder. Do you do you think the, do you like do you like do you like to think that that aids people at, when they sit back on a track? What, what's the reason that the asphalt, what, what's, what are the reason the asphalt may be a benefit to? Well, it's hard. You'd have to stiffen up to get, 
to absorb is it, deal with that. Is it creating like, is it is it create more stiffness in the uh I I think it does. Okay. Which is why I train on the street. Gotcha. <laughs> Do you now some people some people train on grass. What's that? Some people train on on grass a lot too. Yeah, I don't want to wreck my lawn. <laughs> oh my goodness. If, if, if I have to leave my house, I'm not leaving. <laughs> you know, you can go, you can call someone else and go train with someone else. I'm not leaving my house. So, so when, with that 1080, if, are you, if, are you doing four, three, four reps of it and then just you're moving on to something else and you're doing, are you doing drills with it? To who? Depends on who it is. Oh, well, let's say in general. Uh, let's say, let's, let's say like your, your, uh, your track kids. Three uh, or four. Okay. And then you're moving on. You're giving them ample rest time as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And, and I'm using that. And I'm using that release thing like nobody's business. So let's go. Ahead. So now you're you're doing more. You're not even messing with it. Resisted run. You're doing assisted. Talk about that. The reason why you're doing that. Overspeed. Correct. Oh, I've got the release mechanism. <laughs> But like I, you know, I, think, I heard you say you don't now. Do you, now here's the thing: Do you do a lot of resistance sprints? Do you do a half resist, or does it depend on the athlete or what they need? It depends on who it is. Okay. Where I'm at, like if I'm at track practice or if, who's coming here. In my, um, the way, in my opinion, I think the resistance sets you up in a in a dry phase, so that works more acceleration. Yeah, and the assistance finishes your works in your top end and your uh, of your race yes. and your speed. So that's it how I. That's on how I the use weather. It. Um, if it's cool, we will not do over speed. Uh, you you did say sixty five miles, sixty five degrees. This it summer. has to be over sixty five or seventy degrees to okay. do over speed. Gotcha. Well, why, um, why do you think that is? It, it never goes well when it's colder than that. Okay. Um, I think your body stiffens up because it's cold. And you don't get blood flow. To, that's just what I think. Um, it the workouts never go well when it's cold. Are you, are you so your numbers? You see them? They're not as quick on that machine. Yep. Okay. Uh, when it's eighty-five, ninety, it goes phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, temperature has a huge impact. I think temperature has a huge impact on all your training. Yes, um, I agree. But. Uh, how much? Yeah, do you, if, how, how much do you think the the cold affects time wise, and, and and as far as these fly times you've done, or you don't even do that's for the, you don't even go out in the cold. I, I would say, right? Uh, well, yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't go out if it's cold anymore. <laughs> I notice it. I notice it almost at, at a fly time at at, at, at least point a oh tenth. Five. Yeah, at least a tenth. Yeah. I've seen it. I've at seen least it a happen. tenth. <laughs> and the I, the, I would I, say I got a big. I can explain to my kids, man. I'm sorry, you're not you're not getting faster. Like it's this cold, but then when the weather breaks, then they start the times go down, and they're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> he's right, you know. So I don't. I wish I didn't order for I've run. I've run in the cold. If it's if it's, if it feels okay, we run. I don't care if it's 25 degrees, but some days is we just don't do it, you know. You know, I don't know if you listened to the 1080 thing last spring. I think it was last spring. Okay. Uh, it was me, Ken Clark, and this Japanese researcher. Uh, it was one of their seminars. I think I did. And Ken, Ken went and I went, 
that's great, blah, 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 blah. Ken's great. Uh, then this Japanese guy came on who's at the research facility with uh, Nagahara, okay. Rio Nagahara. And he had this research paper, which they're not publishing or they haven't published yet. Okay. Which I don't know why, and he won't give it to me. Uh, but they did velocity training with no pull, no, just a normal fly, then assisted, and then assisted with release. Okay. And the data for the assisted with release was shocking. Hmm. Uh, and he came to the conclusion that that was by far the best way to train max velocity that they have ever seen. Really? At that in in their research, and that's all they do. So so they have so you so when you're using it, you you have them pull, you hit the release yeah. belt, and they continue to run. Are you clocking yes. them after that? Yeah, I'd like to. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the problem is once you release that, you release the belt, I don't want it to knock down my timers. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So once, once that sucker comes off, it's like a snake. It's flying around, flapping around. It's flying around until it <laughs> finds the straight line. You need, to, you need to get your cheap free laps back so they don't break. And do it that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've been. He, I've been sells, on, he sells other good equipment. I've been on. I've been on that uh, on Peter to get that belt out because you only you're like you're the you're the beta test of it. I've had four versions, and I've broke three of them. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Jeez. I I like that belt because a lot because the, the the little Velcro thing people were scared to do that and they they're scared to run fast. So I don't even like using that thing. Oh, I, this release thing is cool. Yeah, that's a, that, I'm begging it. I'm dying to get that. <laughs> and I broke them in really stupid ways. Really stupid ways. What what type of uh, are you? No, you're doing over speed with wickets as well. Sometimes. 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 Are you? I feel like it. How fast? Here's, here's another crazy. How fast are these kids running meters per second? When well, I let go, or. When, well, just on the on when they're you know on the on the reading, not when you let go, but crank it all the way up. So I take it to it's pulling at fourteen meters a second, but then I set the load and I vary the load that it pulls you back. What what kind of loads you pull back at? Five kilos, uh, anywhere six from, kilos. Anywhere from six to eight. Oh, you you go you up to eight? Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> And then I watch if they're breaking, it's too fast and I take it down. But if you can handle it and again, I'm only going to get you up to speed for about five strides and then I let it go. Okay. And then I videotape it and I want to see how much does your body shift when I let go. And if your body's shifting too much, I'll decrease. Okay. But yeah, eight, six to eight. When you get used to it, you can go faster. You know, okay. you got to, it's the way you sell it. You know, you tell the kids, you know, this is a roller coaster. This is a roller coaster for training. Huh. So it's going to be scary. Um, but you got to go with it. You want to try and race, race the belt. That buckle home. And then when it lets go, you chase the buckle and see if you can beat the buckle back to the machine. What type of meters per second, like your 10-5 kid, what does he run? Oh, uh, what 12. 12? Wow. Okay. 
and then I let go, and then hopefully he holds that for three strides, and then okay, you know, naturally you're gonna, and that's what this researcher came in and said. It's really it's that let go those three or four strides after you let go that really you're developing that neural system to do this. Gotcha. And what just, what are the effects, and, what are the effects of the overspeed is doing to the body? I think it's mostly neural. I okay. think it's uh, vestibular. Um, I think it's letting the body know that it can go faster you know, I, in my opinion, I think your body has a governor that says this is too fast. You're going to get hurt. I, I agree. Um, I agree, hundred percent. I think that from a vestibular standpoint, you can learn to navigate at that speed, and then your body feels more comfortable in doing that. Um, I think it forces really good foot action because you can't come off your foot in a weird way at that speed, or else you'll go. You won't go straight okay um i think there's i think there's so many good things and i know some people come out and say oh it's only good for a couple times and these are all people that don't have a 1080 that are telling you this stuff oh really <laughs> yeah i everyone tells talks about overspeed stuff and they don't have a 1080 okay <laughs> great why don't you tell me about pizza and never eat a pizza <laughs> Tell oh, me about how goodness. shitty the winter is in Chicago and living in, in Miami, never been here in the wintertime. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Have you ever pulled so, any, have, have you ever, so you're, so the, once the, the body has a governor on it, this allows them to break through that and their body knows how it feels to safely run. At high so speeds. then you get to, you get to a, a spinal or a, a, a spinal standpoint, you throw a water bag on their back and that water is moving around. And you're constantly getting the spine to be in a perfect place at that speed. Um, so you, do you always be with water bags too? I, we sprint with water bags. We do it with no arms. Um, we do bounds. What we is, do all what, kinds of stuff. What does the purpose of the water bag uh, do and no arms? What is that? What is that achieving? Well, I think the no part of it is it's going to strengthen that cross crawl pattern where your legs have to do more work because the arms aren't there to, to guide. Okay. Um, in, in counterbalance, I gotcha. think, um, the water bag with all of the variation in the water moving around, it causes the spine to co-contract and you deal with slack in a, a much better fashion, Okay. uh, at a much faster rate than you're used to. So when you go normal without being over speed, you know, it gets easy. You know, I, I think you, it, it Everything you're you're trying to enlarge the neural ceiling of uh, for what you can do. Gotcha. Right. So if you're driving a, a, a Porsche or Ferrari or Corvette or BMW, and you know this sucker goes 170 miles an hour. Yeah. It gives you a whole lot of leeway what you can do between zero and 170. Gotcha. Whereas if you've got some kind of Chevette piece of crap that goes 80. You really don't know what's going to happen at seventy-five miles an hour, right? Have you? Have you? I've seen the I've seen the overspeed correct form. I had a girl that had a uh, Chloe. She had like a um, a big back kick, and she had to get her foot off. She was going on the overspeed. It, she had to get her foot off the ground fast and turn over faster. It actually eliminated that. I was like, that was amazing. 
Yeah, it's amazing what happens. It actually corrects your form. When it corrects your form. Yeah. And, and people say, well, why do you do this? And I said, well, because how do you take novices and you pull them? Well, because it corrects their form. Yeah. And I'll be goddamned if when they go sprint a week later and they come back, that their form isn't better. And the parents go, we were at the soccer game or we were at this game and we noticed how much better they are. What did you do? Well, I pulled them four times down the street <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Here's another thing too. If you're are you testing these these flies, if you're doing over speed, when do you they have a real when they actually see a faster fly time after doing over speed? Is it one week? Is it two weeks? Three three weeks? Is, well, it, when it we did the, the the Ken Clark research, we did all those kids, and they had that was a Thursday, and they had uh, nationals on Saturday. Okay. And, and the kids that got pulled over speed had a considerable PR, and it wasn't because of the weather. They ran at 8 a.m. in DeKalb, Illinois. Okay. And it was cold. It was cold for that late in the summer, and uh, they all had considerable PRs. So the it was like one tenth, two tenths. Oh, a couple more than that. Really? Uh, one kid, one kid smoked the 200. I think he went 21.4. His previous best was 21.9. Really. Yeah, get out. And so you, these kids, yeah. these kids, you and Ken Clark out there tested these kids before nationals over speed, and they came out and crushed it. The next yeah, week. and the kids that didn't show up for the testing uh-huh. did not run very well. Really? Okay. Weather. <laughs> because everybody asked, like, you, when? How? Yeah, what, no, what, you, you can't what, write about that, and you can't write about that in the research, and nobody ever bothers to ask Ken or me how. People forget me how Cahill was there for this too. Okay. And me, and then my dog tried. One of my dogs tried to eat me how. And uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's interesting, man. That. Wow. And because and because and so now, is there a point where it levels off? And it gets stale. You gotta you gotta kind of back off and do something else. Like, do they stop adapting? I don't know. They never. I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what kind of now, what kind of drills do you do? Do you do over, with over speed? Are you doing like um, uh, straight leg bounds? Are you doing double leg hops? Are you using the uh, Lila, like, the Lila movement uh, resistant weights and stuff? I do Lila stuff with over speed. Oh, you do. Uh huh. Okay. Is it on? Is it on uh, the whole body? All the time. The whole body. Oh, it's all the time. No. Thanks. Just the calves. Oh, just okay. Just the calves. Okay. Are you are you waving the loads? Or are you ch- is this the heavy the heaviest load you can get on there? On on the calves. Yes. Uh. You really want to know? Uh, <laughs> I do want to know. Come on. <laughs> and then the next set, you move them. And then the next set, you move them. So every time you got a different, they're in a different place. Okay. So it's a little different stimulus. Yeah. Okay. And some people are going to find a groove. Um, I sometimes heard, we'll just, we'll wear them on one leg and not the other. I was going to say, how does uh, that, how does that work? You're wearing on one leg. One leg's weighted, one leg's not weighted. <laughs> so if you understand physics and you have a cyclical motion. Okay. And you weight one side of the cyclical motion, 
that means the other side has to go over faster. And if you look at Ken Clark's research about uh, angular velocities and tangential forces, really it's about how can you make that leg spin sure. over faster. Is that what you so do? So if to I get wait more... down one side, I, the other side's got to go faster, and that's what I do. Okay. Now, see... Again, it, it, it's artwork. It's a tool. If you understand physics, yeah, you just apply the physics to the problem. You know, and I'm not good at physics. I just know like basic <laughs> stuff. Right. Um, I have to look up formulas and things like that, or ask Mike Kennedy how things work which is kind of how we got to that. Mike Kennedy's the Nikola Valley track coach, and he is a brilliant physicist from University of Chicago who happened to be a high school teacher. Really? And I trained his sons, and every Sunday he would come here, and we would try to apply physics to everything that we do, and that's kind of what we came up with. Wow. Okay. Seems so if, at one point, if you came down in my basement, there was an entire section of my basement wall that were physics equations and he gave me a physics, a high school physics textbook. <laughs> and I read uh, physics and football to try and understand all this. And I actually had to read textbooks in these books to keep up with them, even though wow. he's still light years ahead of me, but that's kind of what we came up with. See sprinting is the person who puts the most maximum force in the shortest amount of time. And that's going to give you the longest, fastest stride. So that's, that's, that's old thinking. Okay. So that's what Ken Clark's tangential forces. It's, it's that, that diagonal force into the ground. That's really causing it. You know, okay. you go to Peter Wayans research and Ken was there for it. And Ken and Peter's brilliant and he's changed what he's thought based on what Ken found. Okay. But, uh, you know, that was early 2000s where he had the force plate and you're punching into the force plate. Gotcha. And so I think we've all seen the kid who can do the piston running stuff uh -huh. and generate that force, but um, they're not as fast as some other kid for some other reason. And I think that's where Ken's research comes in. Trendential. Go into that a little bit. So Ken's got a great video on YouTube about it. Okay. Um, but it's really kind of a diagonal force. Like you put your knee into a position and then you're going to strike the ground. So think about this. You're, you're in mid flight and your knees up in the air. Mm -hmm. You've got to bring that foot down into the ground. You're not going to punch into the ground like a piston. It's got to come right. slicing back at an angle and pull you through, yeah. which is where you're going to get kind of that lower shin angle when you, uh, on, when your leg comes through. Gotcha. So that's what he's talking about there. Okay. So that's why that's why I like for my more advanced runners, I like bent knee prime time runs because that really gets you more into tangential force. So you're talking about like um, a, like a straight leg bound, but what there's this the support leg is bent. Yeah. Okay. What and so that there's, that, there's that, a, that, that, there's that, a YouTube that, on that, and that trains that tangential force. Yes. Okay. Uh, the marshals, the banded marshals that we do. What's a marshal? You uh, got you have your own lingo. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's up on uh it's up on youtube okay um it's just jumping up in the air and can you scissor your legs to get to 105 degrees and snap them back down okay uh, it's again it's developing uh the leg turnover and, and positioning your legs how do you how do you train limb velocity is that with the lila stuff 
that's with the Lila stuff. That's with overspeed training. Okay. Um, or, you know, you'll be amazed at how slow people can stand there and cycle their leg through. I mean, like, uh, it's how much about running? Yeah, stand on one leg, cycle your leg. Oh, okay. A, they, they can't do it very fast. Gotcha. So you just do you, you, you drills like that and just try to work on speed of it. Yeah. Are you put doing... the Lila's on. Okay. But you do, it's because you do a lot of Lila, a lot of the, lot of the resistant on the calves work. That, that's important for that. I only do calves. Okay. Gotcha. And the main reason is that's what they sent me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on the body? Never None of that stuff like that? I got one set. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I may be wrong, and I, I'm sure there are other people that got phenomenal results with that. But I got bored with it. All right. Now, I, every every sprinter cannot run exactly the same form, but there are they're different. They want look. They run. They want There's different similarities they need to have. But what at max velocity? What are the what are the what are you looking for? Does, you don't have to have high super high knee drive to run fast. Is that correct? No. Everyone's different. Um, you know, what, what is your foot shape like? What is your shin shape like? Is it straight? Is it bent? Uh, how long are your, how long is your shank compared to your thigh? Right. Um, how are you, how, you know, there's so many variations in the body and really when you sprint, it's just what your body feels is the safest way to go. And then you've got to convince the body that maybe there might be a better way to do it. I heard uh, um, Krankenhoff said you got to find what works for them, not what, what right. works for them, not everybody else. Like everybody can't be like look, look, look like Usain Bolt or that's right. Um, Usain Bolt had scoliosis. Nobody's going to look like him. <laughs> and then um, Michael Johnson would ran straight up right. You should not he was straight up right. You know, everyone's got their own thing. Um, Bolt was six five. Asafa Paula was six one, six two. Christian Coleman's what? Five seven, five eight. Five seven. Yeah. Five eight. You know, uh, Ben Johnson. I don't think was much taller than that. You know, so it, it's all over. You have all these body shapes and all of these things. You know, what's someone's vision like? Their vision is going to have an impact on how they move. Uh, Gosh. Their hearing is going to have an impact on how they move. So really, you've got to find things that are going to work for that person, and it may only work for two weeks. Right. I remember. Then, I, I remember saying you said the torso should be like uh, maybe a five percent lean, not straight up. Right? Yeah. Right. I, I I think that I think that you have to have a momentum. Um, uh, yeah, I think if you're too upright, you have too much drag. Almost, you just you you create drag with that because you're. If your torso goes upright, the bulk of your head is going to be behind your torso. That's just how we stand. Gotcha. Your body's always going to follow your head. So really, you're, mom- you're, you're creating drag with being too upright. So you need to have a little bit of a lean when you're at yeah, max velocity. have a little bit of lean. But some people get away with it because their shoulders are naturally leaned in. Okay. So they can be taller, but their shoulders are, are more balanced. Gotcha. Or they may have... They may have a lot of abdominal muscle. Gotcha. And just that large abdominal muscle is going to create that lean forward. So they look upright, but look at the mass in their torso. Okay. That's that's what's dropping them forward. Oh, uh, you know, okay. 
I keep saying that Bo Jackson lives across the street from me, and he does. Yeah, he yeah. lives in the gated community. <laughs> but look at how he's built. He can be upright, but if you see the thickness, and he's not fat. He's not fat at all. But right. if you see the thickness in his midsection, it's naturally going to pull him forward. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. But, but if I take a skinny kid who doesn't have any muscle mass in his torso and he's upright he's drag is a perfect world he's he's creating drag because there's no lean forward gotcha now for for most of my high school kids they do not have that that mass in their in their stomach that abdominal mass okay so i need that forward momentum okay Otherwise, I've got to create energy against drag, which we all know isn't a good thing. I want to try and eliminate as much drag as possible. Right. Again, we're getting into physics equations <laughs> um, where I'm looking at masses at different body parts, which is why I think all that DEXA scan stuff that they're doing in the NFL and all, all the sports is interesting yeah. is where is the mass and how does that age you in going forward? Huh. And, and unfortunately, you just can't go out and do a whole bunch of crunches to develop that mass in your ass. I think Bo right. Jackson was born that way. Yeah, he was Or Herschel Walker was born that way. Freak. Those guys are freaks. <laughs> or, or, or Dave Montgomery was born that way. Yeah. How he was going to be. Right. I, so yeah. I, I think the, the bottom line is, because I'm starting to get tired here, um, it's well past my bedtime. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it, it's you looking at your athlete to figure out what's going on, not being afraid to take chances to try things to get them faster, yeah. having the courage to do so, but again, having this palette of exercises or brushes or colors, whatever you want to call them, to try to get to that kid and, and see what works. Uh, having the knowledge to identify how they run, but their body, their structure, and try to make that all into one thing. And maybe for a two or three week period of time, you're going to hit it right. Right. But then having the knowledge to say, Hey, I've, this has run its course. Here's my new problem. Here's, here's what I've got to do here again. Okay. Let's open up my toolbox again. What exercise do I need to use here? to solve, to solve this problem, problem because I think this is where he needs to go you, and then have the courage to say, Oh shit, this isn't working. <laughs> Let's get rid of that quick. Yo athlete. Sorry. This is working really well. Let me try this instead. Do, Good do you, coach. Because I wasn't feeling it either. Good. <laughs> you could have told me that a week ago and saved a week of time. Cause I only got 15 weeks right. to get, to get ready for this big meet. Right, right. <laughs> do do you do any do you do any plyometrics at all? Like raw jumps and vertical jumps, box jumps, all that type of stuff? No. Okay. Do you do you uh do you use the now I see you do use the jump mat sometimes. You don't do you don't do that Oh anymore? we do we do ankle rocker jumps. Describe that what is an ankle rocker jump? What? That's a slack thing, and it teaches athletes to get their hips into their jump. Okay. I only do it at my house because I got the equipment to do it at my house. I don't do it at track practice because I don't have the equipment to do it. An ankle but there's a whole cycle. I have a leaper 
I have uh, shuttle MVP, and that's okay. all part of this. And I get phenomenal results with vertical jump. Um, and then I've got to learn how to make them take that vertical jump and point it horizontally to run fast. You don't. What kind of vertical jump do you, you want them get up, get, get up to? Or is that is, is there a standard you have? Is it thirty six? Is got, it forty? Uh, I don't know. I got a bunch of kids over forty. You said there was one kid that was jumping forty and he wasn't running fast, and you made some changes, and then he started. Yeah, getting, now he's one of the top hurdlers in the state. What What was the changes you made to him? What was wrong? What did we do? Well, so he was. He's six five. He's really good at pointing his force straight up and down okay so he ran that way uh we had to get him to angle his force more horizontally okay uh so we did a shitload of bent knee prime times um both resisted and assisted okay um are you doing marches too to uh with the run rocket at all and stuff like that uh we do a ton of chuck berry walks with him Chuck Berry. What's a Chuck Berry walk? <laughs> it's just a way to get your ankle, your shin down to get more horizontal. Uh, so, so when they more so, horizontal, so they're force. walking with is a heavy load, and their shin is horizontal to the ground. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it's kind of like a it's a march. Okay. I think it's up on YouTube. Someone, I'm amazed at the amount of stuff I have up on YouTube. I think that it, I don't put you, up you, I think you had a heavy ba- <laughs> heavy band. You had them do it with. Yeah, uh, that's just to slow you down. The better you get, the lighter the band. So what? it's opposite of, of what you do. Okay. Do you do now? For me, a lot, of, a lot of times if I'm training form, I go from heavy to light so I can slow you down. Is this with the 1080? Uh, no, this is with the run rocket okay. and a rubber bands. Okay. All right, now, so acceleration, why do you want that, that shin horizontal to the ground? Explain that. Uh, because that's what pushes me forward. Gotcha. So the, so the shin angle is too high. You're not I'm getting pushing. A, you're pushing I down. I think of the shin as a vector. Okay. Um, so that's coming off the top of your shin. Gotcha. And so that's so, so, that's, that's called uh, rate of force and DRF. Okay. DFR. One of those. It's again. I'm getting tired of. Gotcha. So, so, uh, so they need to have that sh- when they come out the blocks. They need to have some sort of horizontal shin angle. Yes, to the, the fastest ground. people have stay in a horizontal drive for as long as possible. Gotcha. You got to be strong for that too, I believe. Yes. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> or 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 strong in the feet. Or really good feet and ankles that naturally get you there. <laughs> Like my like the freak kid right now, he just naturally does it. Now, I I I I had the three fastest sprinters in my area: one, Matty Trout; two, Kayla O'Connor; Kayla Kayla O'Connor; and three, um, uh, Matty Kelly. The one, the fastest one. Had Congratulations! The, she had the fat. She was like she's second in the state too. She's actually trying. Trout is second in the state, and and she's trying to go for state championship. There's this girl that's six two. She's got a beat, which is crazy. Uh, she runs like eleven eight. Uh, and ran and she, she they, they, now these girls took first and third in the nation at New Balance Nationals. So she's got her work cut out for. Her. But what I noticed that with her, when she's so fast, when she gets past the fifty meter mark, her feet and ankles are so strong and stiff, she just skips down the track. And yep. she and she strides. 
I seen I have them. She strides four steps in ten yards because I can see those hurdle marks on the track, and she just eats up, eats just eats up, eats up ground past fifty meters. The other one, Kelly, was super strong. She's my powerlifter. She actually went to Chicago this weekend. And actually, powerlifted in the, and took six of the nation. She gets up the block, but she doesn't have this good enough feet, so she could never keep up past that fifty meter, sixty meter. She there's there, she 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 was losing that free energy the tendons give. And her, I told you her yeah. feet, your feet aren't good. Like we got to fix your feet. And oh, uh, she spends all of her energy correcting her feet, where her feet are pushing her, and that's why she runs out of gas. Yes, yes. Good. So how do you fix? How do you identify people with good feet and bad feet, and what do you do to fix them? I, I think there's like a sprained ankle complex you, you talk about. Oh, there's a yeah, there's a sprained ankle complex that's for isometric strength, but uh, no arms because you take away your arms are rudders okay and you take away the arms your feet have to do more work um yeah really? it depends I'd, I'd have to see it okay there's so many different are you things doing are do. you doing like now what are you doing anything in the weight room like to fix the stiffness of the ankle are you doing isometrics somehow on on the feet and and the, and the toes and stuff uh if i have the time and the space i do <laughs> but you should be able to just handle your body weight that's all we want okay just, you, know, you don't need any, you, don't, all, you don't need the external weight i don't think so i mean it's great if you can are, um, are they just are they no what describe a spring ankle um drill that you do you know you've got to be able to isometrically hold your body weight on one foot for you know, 30 seconds. I like to go a minute to start with. Are they standing um, straight up? Or is, is it oh, there's, all the, there's, there's three different positions. So heel high, heel low, knee straight, knee bent. Okay. The combinations of all of those. Gotcha. Um, but that's a good starting point. How long you know, is it till a, you see a difference in their times? Depends on how often they do it. Okay. Because it's a tendon workout. Um, you can do it multiple times throughout the day. Are they are they holding thirty seconds a time, minute at a time? I like to go for a minute. Okay, gotcha. Um, but again, it's got to be the proper placement of your weight on your foot. Most people push off to the side, and you're actually getting stronger to be slower, which isn't a good thing. Are you supposed to be on the toe more on the inside of the foot? The ball, the ball of your big toe. Okay, gotcha. You said you've done some things with the toe, and they just get faster off that. Yeah. <laughs> depends on the toe. Depends on how it's shaped, you know, what the pre-existing condition is. Um, a lot can happen with your big toe. Uh, it, it, you know, it can do – there's so much neurological things that go on with your feet. Um, it's really hard to explain in two minutes all okay. of that. <laughs> The, uh, that's... Um, remember, your 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 feet are kind of like your hands, and all the different things you can do with your hands, and all the different positions you put your hands in, your feet are kind of the same way, and it, it's hard to now generalize. When, when, when people land, are they it, the foot pronates a little bit? I think it's yeah. 10, ten degrees, and they're kind of rolling yeah. inward. You roll to your big are, toe. Are you trying to? manipulate that as well for your sprinters uh, or letting it naturally happen through drills 
so you earn the right to run properly through drills. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Are you measuring ground contact times too as well? No, I don't have that kind of technology. <laughs> Some people use like dart fish and they have like contact grid and stuff. Uh, I've, I've got too many kids. Gotcha. So you're just you know, fil- you're filming e- and analyzing and stuff. and I can either coach or collect data. screen. <laughs> I can't, I can't do both. Gotcha. And I think my athletes appreciate more if I'm present when I am there coaching. Gotcha. That makes sense. You almost need someone fact, that you need a kid there actually collected the data. <laughs> yeah. all we have those, but again, <laughs> there becomes, there becomes a point where there's just too much data. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. You, you know, and, and it takes, you take away the art of coaching, which, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for 33 years now. Uh, if I don't have the art down at this point, I should have given this up 15 <laughs> years ago. Are you doing any post your chain work too in the weight room? Are you doing hamstring uh, work, glute work? Uh, no. Anything like that? No. Not none, No hamstring work? No 45 degree hyper or anything like that? No. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Sprinting is your best hamstring strengthener. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So you're, you're doing, you're doing isometric with the weights in the weight room, in the basement <laughs> and you're doing, yeah. and you're on your, uh, hammer strength daily machine doing single leg. Correct? Yeah. But you're not, after that, you're not doing any accessory stuff like, um, a hyper or a 45 degree back. I don't have or... re- I sold my reverse hyper and my glute ham. I do the Franz Bosch hamstring stuff the isometric friends bash stuff is that when you're kind of uh stretched out yeah over it in the whole position yes okay and then but you're not going up and down like a real traditional glute ham correct no gotcha and why is that that because other ham what's the things you do there's some other stuff, but there's no way I can describe it over a phone call oh (laughs) it's just too technical to, to see Yes. You need to see it. That sounds like it. That sounds like it. I don't, like I said, I don't have a reverse hyper. I sold it. Do you, you, you don't do any glute stuff at all? Oh, all wow. the hams, all, all the single leg stuff is all glute. Okay. Gotcha. So you're getting it that way. Everything's glute. Gotcha. Gotcha. If, gotcha. if, if everything's not glute, then you're doing the wrong exercise or you're doing <laughs> it wrong. Gotcha. Cause I know that's, that's a highly important for sprinting. Uh, oh yeah, glute, glute, and hamstring. The um... right, Brandon, give me one more question. I'm okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm tired. We had to run that. We got to do this. Do round two and round three. Okay. Um, last thing. Um, I want to say, what do you do for? Um, are you doing um, in the basement? Are you doing? Um, you're. Are you jumping? Do you jump in weights and do assisted jumps? Uh, say that again. Do you do assisted jumps on your mat, uh, like Cal Dietz does at all? The bands and the oh, ceiling yeah. and all that type stuff. Yeah, French contrast. And all the time. Okay, because a don't, million you, different ways. You don't do any. You do you? You don't do any weighted jumps, do you? Mm, 
yeah. Okay, you do weighted jumps. Okay. I have a leaper. Oh, okay. What's what's a leaper? Describe that. It's just a mechanism where there's pads that go over your shoulder, and you can. Oh, that's use a, rubber bands or pistons or flex cat or jump cat or something like that. I seen Marinovich had that back in the day. I have that. It's okay. That's that. That's what it reminds me of. You put it showing you. That's jump what I it. have. Okay. Okay. And the shuttle MVP. That guy, had, that, that guy had good. That guy had good ideas. Oh yeah, I I, I just basically trained. I actually studied a lot of Marinovich's stuff, and I did a lot of it. I had to sell. I had to sell uh, anything. Shuttle MVP. You can de-weight it less than your body weight, and you're doing overspeed work. Really? Yeah. I need to get one of those. That thing is that thing is coveted by me. <laughs> you can go down to zero. That's you can go down to zero weight, and you can be zero gravity. I do a hurdle hop, but that seems like something you can do, like um, uh, reactive jumps with it, just continuous pop, pop, pop. Yeah, you can. And then, and you know, like that is Randy Huntington. I talked to Randy Huntington. He likes that shuttle MVP. Yeah, I use it. I use it every workout in my house. Get out, okay. And you think it's pretty beneficial getting that pop off the ground? Oh, you can do a million things with it. And and I I can imagine it's good for building stiffness in the feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, knees, feet, everything. All right, so you so, can do. So, do you go on the shuttle MVP, and then and then that would be the workout. And then you do you come back to the jump mat and test it, see if you got any a positive result. Yep, all the time. Or are you just contrasting back and forth? Uh, with, with, depends with, with, with on the, the people. And it's, yeah, it's part of the cycle. That's what we do. And then sometimes so you're they, doing. You're, sometimes you're doing the assisted jumps with the bands, and then contrasting the regular jumps. But it's different every time. Um, change your feet position, change the rubber bands. Okay. Change, you know, it's always something different. So you're always changing there, these jumps. Yeah, variations of a theme. Okay. Because the, the, the jump, people, I, I, there's a great, there's a couple of great sprint coaches in Pennsylvania, Coach Milton. He's trained uh, a kid that ran, broke the state record, ran a six, a six sixty eight sixty, took second in New Balance. And he he says most of my workout is jumps, <laughs> lots of bounds yeah. and jumps and 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 med ball throws and stuff like that. So, but he said people think I sprint a lot and I lift a lot, but I, it's mostly jumps. <laughs> I said okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, good for him. You know, and uh, he's had the last five or six hundred meter champs. And uh, my buddy, my buddy uh, coach Rohan, he's a brilliant coach. He has the Pennsylvania set record holder, took him from a ten. Uh, I mean, sorry, 11, 11 2 to a, to a 10 3 4. Austin Kratz. Pretty good. So, <laughs> they all have these different ways. There's different ways of doing this. They have all their their, their ways. And so these guys I, I, I really admire, you know. But yeah, that's everyone's, all. everyone's got their way. That's all. I got to have you on. There's so much more I want to talk about, man. I got to have you back on. <laughs> okay. You know, anytime. It, it's been a pleasure. But um, plug yourself, uh, your, your website and stuff, Slow Guys Peace School. And how do you, how can people get a hold of you? Maybe. Uh, well, it's all my information's on my website, which I don't think I've changed. I don't even know my password for my website anymore. <laughs> That's how long I've been since I've changed it, which I should change. I got to change my prices with inflation, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's all my stuff is on Slow Guy Speed School. You got people. Um, you got people. You got people come from different states to train me, right? Ohio and Illinois and all over I've the country, had people right? Come from all over the world. Really? What's the furthest they came away to see you? To the basement. I had, some, I had someone come from China. I had someone coming from Brazil. I've had what? someone come from 
Ireland. We've had someone come from uh, somewhere else in Europe. Um, to 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 your street at your house. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> oh my goodness! They're just people. Want to get faster, I don't know right? why. I don't know why they came, but <laughs> <laughs> they they and they're probably you've had a bunch of people from other sprinters from other states and stuff drive drive up routinely to train, probably right. Yes. Like any in, in, in uh, Ohio and Indiana and stuff like that. Yeah, Wisconsin, Iowa. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why they come. It's a long way to drive. <laughs> They want to see what you got. You got these. You, you're like a. You have a science lab in that basement, man. It's it's crazy. They want to come see see what's going on. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, my man. That's been great. I'm gonna hit you up some soon to do the second one. <laughs> okay. I don't pleasure. know who's gonna listen. Two hours is a long time to listen to me. Oh, they're gonna rewind this thing up back and back and back and back. <laughs> Trust me. All right, Chris, man. I'll hit you All up right. later. Okay, have a good night. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Chris is a great, great, one of the greatest sprint coaches out there. Um, Just just in mind, if you want to do online training, just hit me up. Bird Sports Formers Instagram. Also do the, you can also do the Bird Sports Sports Formers certification as well, which it's like a mentorship, help you train and, all these people I've had on, all the ideas, we kind of put it together, you know, for you. Give you ideas to train, get your get your population better. So, further ado, that was episode 31. Stay tuned for another example. I'm sky high, I'm, I'm sky high, sky, um, sky high.